Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sport Light Podcast. This week, we sit down and discuss a really important question. Is your child an end kid or a butt kid? The answer to that question might determine whether they make a team, get playing time, receive a scholarship offer, and so much more throughout their life. I sit down with former college athlete, comedian, and friend of Especially for Athletes, Cameron Stewart, and we discuss this question, which is posed by Nick Saban, legendary Alabama football coach. Give it a listen. We think it's relevant to every single parent who has a child who plays athletics. We could be more intentional about helping them become end kids instead of butt kids. Give it a listen. Welcome to the Sport Life Podcast. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. Well, Cam, I wanted to talk with you today about a video that's been going around the internet a little bit with Nick Saban, coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, where he talks about the importance of the words and and but. And you may have heard this already, but I wanted to play it real quick for the audience to hear and then just have a discussion. This hit me really hard, and it really made me think about, especially for athletes and what we're trying to do with athletes as we develop the leadership portion of, of our program where we meet with leadership councils and we meet with athletes to try to help them become leaders on the field, off the field, in their communities. And in the context of this video, we really try to help them become and people, A-N-D, People. So here's here's Dick Saban. Listen to what he said about this this concept of are you an end or a but? The two most compelling words in the draft report is and and but. All right, so they read the player, and I'll take a defensive back. All right, he's got quick feet, change of direction, and good long speed, can play man to man. He's a good tackler. He's got toughness. He's got really good ball judgment and really good ball skills. And he's a good person. He was a leader on the team. He graduated from school. Coaches love him. Read the same player, but he had a positive drug test. He had a domestic violence incident with his girlfriend. He got in a fight to borrow when he was a freshman. Strength coach said he wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. I, who, who do you want on your team? And or but? What I tell players is you don't realize that as soon as you apply for a job, as soon as you put your name in for the draft, people are looking for reasons not to pick you. They're looking for reasons not to hire you. Don't give anybody a reason to say, but that end and but what came after that had nothing to do with what the player was, but it had a significant impact on where the player got picked. So Cam, what's your thoughts on that end and but? It's so, so good. And it's funny, think about, you know, when kids are growing up and they're playing sports, how much time, focus, and attention they put into all of the technique and getting faster and stronger and bigger. And they're they're in the weight room constantly and they've got personal coaches and trainers and they're doing speed and agility stuff, which is great, which helps them on all the physical aspects. But then all of the other stuff that determines whether they're an and or a butt is like an afterthought. They don't put nearly the same amount of 
time and attention into those types of skills. But ultimately, those are what dictates whether they get a scholarship, whether they start, whether they play, simply because for coaches, and I don't know how many you know parents have been in those coaches' circles where they talk about kids, that is a very real thing. Well, he's a great kid. He's fast. He's athletic. But... He's not very smart. I don't know if I can trust him. He doesn't pay attention. He doesn't work very hard. He doesn't hustle on every play. Like that is a very real conversation that dictates playing time or who's starting or who even gets scholarships. But yet it's like the forgotten, like, who cares? Let's just focus on getting bigger, stronger, bigger, stronger, faster. Why are we not focusing just as much attention on how do we make sure our kids are high character kids that are known for having a great work ethic that are known for you know, doing all the little things to make him a great teammate on and off the field. I mean, that that's just as important to many of these coaches, but it's like the forgotten afterthought. And as you move forward in life, so few kids go on and actually play a college sport or go on and, and play professional sports, especially. But these things, all of them will have the opportunity to use these skills. It doesn't matter if a guy is bigger, stronger, faster in most occupations <laughs> in in (laughs) life right but if they could develop the leadership if they could develop the opportunity to be kind of wings to an organization instead of weight to an organization then it'll serve them well throughout their life and and some of the things too i've i mean i've been in conversations when coaches are talking about who they're going to keep on a freshman basketball team and who they're going to let go And when it comes down to it, we aren't just talking about the elite getting a scholarship. A lot of times when they're making these decisions with with kids, even who to let on the team, this is the determining factor, right? Through the bubble kids, it is all comes down to these ands or buts. And I've been in so many of these actual decisions where you're talking about bubble kids of who makes it and who doesn't. And at that point, I mean, the freak athletes are the freak athletes. Yeah, great. They're going to make the team. But the other kids, I mean, there's always like six and two spots. Yeah. And and they're all pretty good athletes or pretty good players. But man, vast majority of the time, the coaches are taking the ones that are the great teammate, the hard worker, the high character kid. That That's just because that's they're trying to build a culture and and they may not have a huge impact on the field, but it can have a huge impact on the team. Yeah. And so they'd rather have those kids on the team. But but I don't know if we talk about it nearly as much to make sure, okay, is my kid going to be one of those kids that if it comes down to a bubble situation, will he be an and kid or a butt kid? Yeah. Oh, you know, good athlete. But, you know, God, he's inconsistent and he doesn't really care and he seems pretty selfish. And he's, you know, he had that one time where he got into it with that kid at practice and pouted and threw a ball, you know, like temper tantrum, like that stuff might literally be the tipping point or not. Right. And I, I, I think about, okay, if we wanted to build that, if we wanted to build our kids into and kids instead of, but kids, and sometimes parents have no choice, right? I mean, they, they do everything they can to help their child, but they're just making bad choices. And, and so they start to have these butts that are being considered in their life. And, but if, if we intentionally wanted to help our children become and kids, they're a great teammate. They're, they never pout. I love that word that you said. That's one of the most common things that I see in youth sports is the kid that pouts or the kid that's un, uncoachable. 
and to help our children become and kids, we just need to build that in from a young age, that that's not acceptable, that we aren't just having to drive home and saying, hey, so today, you know, I noticed that you didn't, you didn't stay on that guy in coverage, you know, when the, when the quarterback runs that direction, you need to make sure that you're staying in. And we're talking about all these, these like physical things or the things that our kids need to do. But sometimes the fact that they dropped their head and walked off the field sulking and, and things like that, when they make a mistake or when something doesn't happen that goes their way, those things, we need to coach on those things as well and just say, hey, don't do that. Like, don't do that. And so what would you, what are your thoughts on just the importance of a parent coaching their kids in these leadership attributes as well? That's the crazy thing is I don't know how much, how many kids actually even understand the power of body language, right? Like no clue. There's one of my favorite research studies breaks down the way that we communicate. And 7% of communication is the actual words that you say. 28% of communication is the tone and inflection and how you say things. And then, you know, nearly 58% of communication is body language. 58% of what we communicate is how we carry ourselves and what our body language is. And a lot of these kids have no idea what they're communicating with unintentionally when they're like complaining, going back to the huddle or the coach puts somebody else instead of him in and, or her, and she sulks a little bit and rolls her eyes or when coach is in a huddle and they're not dialed in, they're just kind of drifting around and looking around, like they're putting off, they're communicating to the coach. I don't care or I'm selfish or whatever. They just don't, I don't think they even understand the body language, but we'll spend, we'll spend an hour and a half a day sending them to some, a speed and agility coach but we're not taking five minutes a week to teach him about body language and what you're communicating unintentionally. Yeah. That attitude and effort. I can't tell you how many times I've been riding with my daughters in a car and they'll say something in regard to their drill team members and my two oldest, and they'll say something in, you know, just that's going on and something that's concerning them or whatever about whether they're going to be taken out of a dance or or whatever it might be. That's just a simple thing. Parents listening to this are thinking, well, okay, so what do we do? You know, how do we say that? I just always ask them, well, what, what do you have control of? And they'll say to me, attitude and effort, dad. And I'm like, right. So <laughs> those two things, if you'll just concentrate on those two things, everything else will work out. You might get taken out of a dance. That happens every now and then. You might not win the state championship. That happens more often than not. But if at the end of the day, you're concentrating on your attitude and your effort, then things work themselves out. But I also think that sometimes we say these general terms and they become very, they become just very uh, cliche to our kids. So what I have found is when training kids, we've gone around the, the country and we've talked with kids in these leadership sessions and that sometimes it helps to help them see what that looks like. Okay, so in this situation, if you wanted to have a great attitude, what would you do? What would you not do? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I think in kids' minds, they think they have a great attitude, but their body language is saying everything else. Right. And yeah, in my brain, I, I was happy to help in my brain. I was listening 
and my brain, but you have, you're totally disconnected from what you're communicating with how you're sitting or how you're reacting or what your facial expressions are. Yeah. You're just not aware. Yeah. And so like coaching, we wouldn't just say to a kid, for example, Hey, just FYI, you know how you miss that shot? Make it, you know, like, like it's not just, it. oh, dang, coach, I never thought of that. That's brilliant. So through the hoop, you know. Um, bold strategy, Cotton. Right. But sometimes with these things that we're talking about that are so important, we don't spend time actually helping our, our children see what it looks like and and practicing it with them you can actually practice doing some of these things watch some tape if you have a kid who's a powder for example every time they miss a tackle sometimes they may not even know they're doing it that's just how they're feeling on the inside and it's coming out and they don't even know that they're that kid who pouts so video it well, we're all videoing everything anyway. I mean, huddle right. for crying out loud is making a mint off all of us. And yeah. so I had this coach that I, oh, big Polynesian coach. And he was, he always said the same thing. He'd always say the eye in the sky don't lie. I'd come back from the huddle or off the sidelines. And he'd like, you were supposed to run this. And I was like, well, I, I did. I, the linebacker dropped. So that's why. And he'd say, eye in the sky don't lie. We'll see in film. And I was like, oh, shoot. I think he did that. Because then I knew at some point we were all going to sit down and watch film. So sit down with your kids, for example, and watch film. And we pick apart like some of the other things. But do we pick apart body language? Do we pick apart like look over here, the whole team's huddled up and look where you're standing. Look where you're you're paying attention. Look after the play. Look, you know, how you're reacting when your teammate makes a mistake. I mean, point it out the same way we pick apart some of their ability to play the sport pick apart some of their body language, teach them and help them see and connect those dots. But because otherwise I don't think they even know that they're doing it. Yeah. I don't, I think that's very much the case that there's a lot that they think is going on in their mind, but they don't understand the things that they're doing and why people are reacting to them the way that they are. You mentioned one, I mean, one of the things that frustrates me the most when I'm watching sports is when one teammate makes a mistake and another teammate does something to point out like, oh my gosh, dude, my teammate's an idiot, right? And so- his head. Yeah. Like, come on. Like taking a look at those things and saying, hey, see how you did that? Never do that again. Do you understand how you just made your teammate feel? Never do that again. Everyone noticed what you just did, but I don't think you understand that you just made yourself look way more stupid than you made your teammate look. Everyone knew what you were doing. Never do that again. People notice that. That's not a good teammate. You can't. And that's what makes you a butt kid, not an and kid. Because if they're like, well, he's a good kid, he's a strong athlete, but not the best teammate in the world, blah, blah, blah. I've got a daughter who was a volleyball player. And we literally had to have this conversation with her about a year and a half ago. When they would huddle up and in volleyball, they huddle up like a million times a game. She would kind of like her eyes would be wandering and looking at the crowd. She's listening in her brain. She's like, I'm listening, but she's just like all over the place. And we're like the image that you put on, even if you're listening is I don't really care. I'm not interested in what the coach is saying. And so we literally had to teach her in the huddle. You have to have eye discipline the whole time. 
be looking at nothing else except for the coach because it communicates to the coach, I care, I'm engaged, I want this, I'm coachable. Um, she just had no idea it was even happening. We had we saw it at a tournament all weekend and we finally were like, all right. And she didn't, she didn't know. And this, now she's excellent at it. And it's funny how it's changed the perception of how the coaches see her and her engagement and, you know, her, her discipline, like all of these funny things just by one little, how she reacts in huddles during timeouts. Yeah. And Dustin always, man, I've heard him preach a hundred times to kids. Listen with your eyes. Yep. The importance of simple things. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The way you treat referees. I've shared this in a in a previous podcast, but when I received my scholarship offer, there was a, a coach who came to watch me in Southern California play in a tournament. We were playing in the Pomona baseball tournament. I knew he was coming. He sat next to my dad in the stands to watch this game. And I got up to bat and, you know, I hit about a 400 foot foul ball and that I'm sure that was nice, you know, for him to see that I could do that. But then there was two strikes and on the next, on the next pitch, this ball was probably six inches outside and the umpire rang me up. I struck out looking and he turns to my dad and says, this will be interesting. Let's see if he puts on the act. That's what he oh. said. Let's see if he puts Love on the it. act. So I kind of jog back and put my bat back in and put my helmet on the shelf and, and start cheering on my teammate. And he turns to my dad and said, that's the kind of kid I want playing for me. Like that was the moment. And uh, he asked my dad that moment can you and your son come tomorrow to Cal State LA? Can you come? And we'd love to give you a tour and, and see if this would be a good fit for your family. We'd love to have your son play for us. And, and so it was like striking out to me, that's the weirdest, <laughs> you know, but he had seen enough in my statistics and stuff like that. But what he saw that like did it for him was the way I reacted to striking out on a bad call. He already knew what kind of ball player you were. He had all the t- the all the stats and the tape in the world on you. He wanted to know what type of kid you were. Yeah. Like most of these coaches, they know what kind of player these kids are. That's not hard. That's not a hard thing to decipher if they're a good athlete or if they're a great player or a great dancer. Or, that's not hard. What they're trying to gauge is are they, what kind of person are they? And that's why they're watching them before the game or after the tournament or in between games or, and they're just, they're studying their body language and how they interact and how they're sitting on the sideline. I remember Brandon Doman told me this story. He was up uh, recruiting Tanner Mangum who ended up playing at BYU and had a great career there. And Brandon went up to recruit Tanner. I mean, he was an elite 11 quarterback. He went up to one of his high school basketball games He went up to one of his high school basketball games and here's the starting quarterback who's an elite 11 high profile quarterback and he's on the basketball team and he subs in and Tanner Mangum starts diving for like three loose balls, starts just, just like 
getting into it, playing tough defense. Usually the quarterback's like, I don't want to break my throwing hand. I'm a good athlete. I'm going to come out and shoot some threes. No, this kid's like diving all over the ground. He said, I looked, he said he dives for one loose ball in particular, rips it away from a kid, like he's on the ground, you know, just sells out. And he said, that's when I turned to his parents and said, I'm going to be offering your son a scholarship to BYU from a high school basketball game because he wanted to know what kind of kid he was. And he saw that he's selfless, that he's a great teammate, that he's tough because this was a hobby sport. This wasn't even his primary sport. This He just could tell he was a competitor in general by watching him play high school basketball. I thought that was the coolest story yeah. about Tanner Mangum and what was the tipping point for a college coach to say, we want him. It was his hobby and how he played it and how he competed at it. That's awesome. And, you know, one of the things that I'm sitting here thinking is we're having this conversation. If parents want to develop the end attitude instead of the butt attitude, you know, sometimes pointing out positive examples as well. So you're watching a college football game this weekend and, you know, you see last night I was watching a high school game. I was so impressed Two, two, especially for athlete schools, two schools that we've done a lot of training at two schools where both football coaches are like fully invested in the principles and I know some of the kids on both teams because of our association with especially for athletes. It was so awesome to watch these kids compete like crazy, but picking each other, each other up off the ground, no, you know, competing without contempt. If I was a coach and I was watching, if I was watching that kid play and I was watching him just knock a guy's lights out, and then getting up and offering a hand and pulling him up and hitting him on the back and and then jogging back to the huddle. That's the kind of guy I want. Sometimes I think it would be, you know, you sit down and watch a college football game and point out the fact that, man, look at that guy. Rewind, not just the, do you see what he did? Do you see how he tackled? Do you see? But but rewind and say, do you see what a leader is? Do you see why so many people love this kid? Do you see what makes this kid an All-American? You know, right yeah. now we're watching the U.S. Open. I have a daughter who's who loves tennis and is playing tennis. And, you know, point out the things. Look how she just reacted to that bad shot. She didn't hang her head. She didn't pout. You almost saw this determination. In, in her mind, you should react that way. You're going to make bad shots in a match. So look at the way she reacts when she does. Look at the way she treated the lady who just beat her. The, those things, if we were just more intentional about those things, and, and also there's all these commercials going on, which are, are very true about underage drinking, about about drug use and be intentional as parents about saying, Hey, let's talk about this. You know, that drinking can ruin any chance you have at playing college sports. You know, that when you're drunk, you do stupid things. And that sometimes there's these people who in a moment of drunkenness do something that changes the whole course of their life. 
we can have conversations. He mentioned domestic violence. Are we being intentional about teaching our young men how to treat young women? And it, it is those little things. We can help our kids become ends by saying, hey, do you open doors for girls at your school out of politeness? Do you say kind of crass, rude things around girls that make them feel uncomfortable? Do you use your strength as an athlete to make girls around you feel safe instead of intimidated? Those, those questions, I just think we could do more training and be more intentional about training in these leadership and just being a good person. That, that's why, especially for athletes exist, you know, I was going to say, that's like, we, I, I know so many parents that, and, and I've done this with my own son, right. That we send them off to private clinics and speed and agility training and player development. And we do so much with that, all the physical aspects of, you know, them competing in their activities or their sport. And then the afterthought of character development is, is we don't, you know, it's a fraction of the time. Mm -hmm. So thankfully there's something like, especially for athletes, right. That actually teaches them how to compete without contempt and how to be able to win the hour and how to be able to have resolve and how to be able to use your influence for good. At least there, it's kind of the equivalent of the speed and agility training that they're getting five times a week over at the high school with coach, whatever, but at least they're getting some of that through, especially for athletes where they're getting trained on how to be an and kid instead of a butt kid. Yeah. Because that may make the difference whether they make the team or not, whether they start or not, or whether they get a scholarship or not. Um, because these coaches know what kind of athletes they are. They already know what kind of dancer they are. They're trying to determine what kind of person they are. And that's where this training is, is going to make or break their opportunities. You know, I was thinking through... As Coach Saban was saying what he was saying, I thought we have four core principles, and especially for athletes, they're all incredible ends. You know, th- this kid is a great athlete, and they win the hour. They are good in the classroom. They're they're a great friend to others at the school. They love their family. They're they're treating their opponent and the referees and the umpires correctly and they're they're kind to other people they're a great competitor they compete without contempt and these kids are resilient they've had some difficulty when they face difficulty on the field they react the right way or on the court they react the right way and let me tell you something about this kid This kid that you're thinking about giving a scholarship to has had a huge impact on our school, not just their team, but on our whole school, because they seek to they seek to bless and not impress others. They aren't all about them. They wear a a wristband on their wrist that says eyes up, do the work, which is look for people who might need your help in the community and then do something to help them. I I can't imagine a coach who's impressed with, with a young person who's told this, this kid wins the hour competes without contempt. They're resilient and they seek 
to bless those around them, to assist those around them. They keep their eyes up and do the work to help people around them. If a kid is like that, they are an end kid. And, and that's what especially for athletes does. You know, we, we do some things in regard to physical training and stuff like that, but it's more the mental performance side yeah. of it. But mainly what we're trying to do is we're, that's why this video resonated so well with me is we go and we that's, will come anywhere. That's the purpose. That's yeah. the mission. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll go anywhere. I mean, we, this next Wednesday, I'm meeting with, with three or four youth football teams that are 12 and 13. And we're going into a backyard, having a barbecue, looking forward to that. And, and we're just going to train these kids on these principles that will help them be and kids, not but kids. We warn about the things that would make them but kids. We, and we train, actually train on things that will help them be and kids. And, and anyone listening to this, we will literally, if we need to hop on a Zoom with someone in Connecticut and do some training and talk about that, we will do it. We will go and we'll talk to a youth's team. We've talked to members of the Utah Jazz. We've talked to all the colleges here in Utah and various teams. And so, but I think it's really important, Cam, and that that we, we're more intentional about these things we're talking about today in these in this podcast. No, there's an absolute need and an absolute there's the good news is there's an actual resource. There is help there. There is some training available. Let's just take advantage of it and use it. And I hope, I hope parents listening today will. Yeah, me too. Cause well, first of all, we believe very strongly in the message, but man, we love being with kids because most kids, their default is end. It's not, but these are great, great kids because we're intentional about training them and help them really see what it looks like. Then we can help more of them develop these skills. And like we said, even if they never make a team, if they don't, play a varsity sport in high school, if they never make it to a college sport, you and I both know in professions, there are end people and there are, but people and million percent. And this, all this training is, this is not about like a sport or a dance team, all of this stuff, everything that especially after athletes does is to help kids win and succeed in life because that game, everybody's playing. And the stakes are higher than any sports game. Um, it's about developing and building people so that they can succeed and win in life. Yeah. And that's ultimately what I think every parent wants as well for their kid, far above and beyond, you know, being a starter or making a certain team. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so, so I hope we can move forward, be intentional about pausing games, showing our kids these things about leadership as well. And, Pause in their own games. Watch the tape. Let them see, hey, yeah. in the huddle, do you see what you're doing here? Even though you're not that way, what you're communicating to others is that you're not engaged. And here's how you can communicate that you're engaged. These lessons help us all to become end people, not butt people. And, and end people can accomplish a lot and really, really contribute to those organizations or groups that they're a part of, including their own families. So, so Cam, thank you, brother. Thank you so much love it. for joining and sharing your thoughts. That's an awesome topic. Glad you're, yeah, glad you're this. pushing it. Happy to I, help anytime, every time. I love this topic. I love the way that 
you know, it's cool to hear the different ways that people present different concepts. And I love Coach Saban's and and but that's just super, super concise. So so thanks so much for your thoughts on that, Cam. Thank you, everyone, for joining the Sportlight podcast. We hope you'll subscribe and share this as we share these lessons. This is all we talk about. What we talked about today, we talk about it every every week. And we hope that you'll you'll share it. And if you would like us to come to your team or organization, we'll come. So just contact us. Our our information is is in the links to to the podcast or the YouTube video wherever you're watching this. So keep your eyes up, do the work. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Sportlight Podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sportlight, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforathletes.org slash book. Yeah.